All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Detroit News Tigers Today podcast. Today is Monday, May 1st. Doesn't feel like May outside. Uh, hopefully, we're getting some good weather. Just as the Tigers leave town, I think we're going to get some good weather finally. Um, I'm Tony Paul with the Detroit News, joined, as always, by Chris McCoskey, who uh, roped him into not having an off day today so he could do this podcast, which I'm very appreciative of. Chris, uh we're going to talk a little bit about what's coming up, but uh, they're 10 and 17. If they didn't play the AL East, they'd be a whole lot better. <laughs> um, I guess just, uh, I mean, off the top, I mean, obviously they got some games coming up this week against some old friends. We'll talk about that, but just off the top 10 and 17, you look at the numbers. Uh, they're, they're not great. Um, I guess just uh, at this point, we're a month into the season. What, uh, what stands out to you? Good and bad. It's hard to define this because it's such a, it's up and down. Um, at least they're not the White Sox. I mean, okay. there you go. I mean, you only got to find the silver lining, right? What? Uh, they, are, they are angry in Chicago, let me tell you. Yeah, they I think the angry. only fan base worse than the, 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 as far as bitter anger and snarkiness than the Tigers fan base is the White right. Sox fan base right now. <laughs> but um, I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to read this because it's, there's nothing that's overly disappointing in that in terms of what the basic expectations were, you know, in some respects, some of the, some of the guys have overperformed what we thought they were going to do. Other guys have not, obviously green and Torkelson have not right. gotten their, gotten their traction yet. Um, and that, and that's been a, that's been a, an issue for, for the inconsistency. I think they expected more out of them too. They have to, they have to have more out of those two. And I think they will get more out of those two. I don't think that's a, that's anything we need to be jumping off cliffs over about those two. Um, personally, because it's, they're going to catch, they're going to catch fire. Um, I believe that they've gotten way more than I think they thought out of, out of Matt Veerling, um, defensively and offensively. Uh, he's, he's a really good outfielder, man. I mean, he's like, I think he's a plus five. I think he's in the top, he's, he's in the top two in, in baseball among right fielders. He's an athlete. He's fast. He does a lot of really smart, good things on a baseball field. I don't know if anybody saw that coming. Um, Jake Rogers has three home runs. He's, he's, he's back behind the plate, almost a 50, 50 split now with Eric Haas behind the plate. That's a plus, you know, the bullpen has been mostly good. I don't think anybody thought that was going to be the case after the Tampa series. So there, there's pockets of light in here. The overall, like, like I wrote about today, the good game story off of yesterday, you know, they're, they're battling to the finish. They, they do all these things. Good. They, the good character. They just haven't quite – the wins haven't followed. The wins are lagging. They're not getting the big hit to, to break games open. They're not giving the clutch hit that's going to, you know, win a game for them. And that's that's the, that's what's got to come. I'm not – you know, that's that's all you can say about it at this point. It's not – there's nothing really horrible, but sure, certainly not good enough. Right. Well, you mentioned Veerling, and I was just looking this up, and the Tigers have five hitters who qualify for the statistical leaders. You have to have 3.1 plate appearances a game. And of those five who qualify for that, Matt Veerling has been their best hitter with a 736 OPS, um, which obviously you touch on. That's good. Um, you know, not great, but good. And again, that added to the defense, you know, you like what you see. But you mentioned it. Riley Green, OPS 620. Spencer Torkelson, OPS 575. Look, it's going to – we knew it was going to be um, a process with these guys. Um I guess did you did you expect it to be you know this you know not good at this point in the season? 
it's a little bit surprising for Riley just because right. he was so good this spring. I mean, Riley I'm was more surprised with him. I'm more surprised yeah. with him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was he was on the ball. He he was hitting everything in the spring. He's gotten into some 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 deals now where he's in between on pitches. He's he's hitting too many ground balls, and I think that's getting in his head a little bit. He's trying to do he's overreacting to that, and then his his swing gets way out of whack. You know, he's starting to like the uppercut and come off the ball. Um He's too good of an athlete, too good of a hitter for that to continue. And, and as I say that, the last couple of games, he's had better swings. Mm -hmm. So I think he's going to be fine. I think a lot of these guys are pressing for home runs. Right. You know, I think Hasi, Hasi started, Eric Hasi started to hit the ball pretty good lately when he just kind of like just took with the to pitcher's game. He was, he was uh, kind of chasing home runs, I felt like, for a minute or two. Torkelson is a concern because Torkelson is doing some of the things last that he did last year. where Like yesterday, 2-0 fastball, center cut, took it. End up striking out chasing. I don't I don't know what his mindset is when he's taking a 2-0 fastball. A center cut 2-0 fastball. Not 98, not 99, not on the corner. Center cut 91. How how is it in your head that you're see those are the things that worry me about him? His ability is there. He'll he'll drive the ball. He, he had a he had a couple good stretches this year where he was hitting the ball hard, like consistently right. hard. But he gets in these stretches where I feel like he's in his head. He gets in between on pitches and and I don't think that there's ever a scenario where you take a 2-0 fastball. I mean, seriously, if, you, if you're hitting in the middle of a lineup, that's got to be attack city. So right. those are the things that worry me about Spencer. And again, I, I, I think the Tigers are committed to him as they should be. I think, yeah, I think he's, you know, he's getting on 500 career bats. I think so. It, it's time for him to start, you know, start moving the moving the needle up a little bit. Right. Yeah. You know, that's the thing with Torkelson, and I saw him take a lot of hittable fastballs last year and um you know when this tiger you know when scott harris comes in and obviously preaches strike zone and then aj hinch gets on board and preaches strike zone and all that stuff and you know i that doesn't just mean you know walk you know it it, no, it, you know, it, right. it doesn't mean you know when you get into a 2-0 count are you looking to get to a 3-0 count or are you looking to take advantage of the 2-0 count by getting a good pitch to hit and driving that pitch? And that's where he's – I agree with you. I think that he's kind of a little bit lost in that regard. And he, when you're a middle hitter at, like him and, and he can hit the ball a ton, you know, you got to be – you know, you're not looking to get you'd – rather, you'd rather hit a 2-0 pitch hard than go to 3-0. Yeah, opinion. controlling the strike zone means get yourself into leverage counts. Right, and that There's is, not a better leverage count than 2-0 now. Let's go. Right. Right. So, and I, he knows this. I don't know what's confusing him, but um, something, something will free him. He'll unlock and he'll get, he'll get going. And then, you know, a month later, he could be in another swoon. This, this is the way it's going to be for these guys. It's the way it is for uh, almost all young hitters when they, when they're coming through like this. Without, without the minor league um, um, at bats that he, that he didn't get because of the COVID year, mm. and and then them getting up, getting him up here quickly right. last year. No, that's. Yeah, I would agree with you. I'm a little bit more surprised by Green because we saw a little bit more out of Green last year too. Whereas, and then I guess I'd be a little bit more worried about Torkelson because we saw a lot of this last year with Torkelson. So you know, we're only a month in. I get it, you know. But you know, eventually, you know, you stop saying we're only X number right. he's in. No, you're right. You're you're more. You know, we're. I mean, you're getting there. We're in May. It doesn't feel like it outside, and I'm sure it hasn't felt like it at the ballpark for the last week. But it that's it. That's another problem with the, the, for these guys to not catch a catch a rhythm in it. And this this is this is, sounds like an excuse. It is an excuse for sure. But other teams have gone through this. But they've had a very choppy start to the season with weather delays, with rainouts, 
with off days like this, you know, you know, they, they haven't really caught that, you know, two week run where they, where they just been playing and they're getting good weather and, and they can kind of catch the rhythm that hasn't happened yet either. But again, these are big league players. They have, they have to, they have to deal with that all the time. And other teams have to deal with it too. And other teams aren't, aren't, you know, last in the league and run scored. So right, that's just, that's a factor, but it's not an excuse. Right. Yeah. Weather sucks. It is what it is. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so as someone who was supposed to play in a golf tournament today and didn't get to play, the weather sucks. So, Hopefully, uh, you know, like I said, the weather's going to turn right as they leave town um, over the weekend. But um, just really quickly on the offense again, Javi Baez, um, his OPS is still down. Um, but, you know, his, his at-bats have been better. I mean, what have you seen from him? And, and how yeah, no, he's, did he, what did he, he have, the wrist injury or the finger injury? Or? He got, he got to pick up hitting a hand. It was a, it was a bruised hand. But he's he's – He's actually having some good at bats now. He's starting to look like himself. He's another one that might be chasing homers. He hasn't got a home run yet. Right. He, he might be chasing that a little bit. He's ever since the benching, really. He's been he's been better. Yeah. Uh, his defense has been rock solid. I mean, I, I don't know if you've locked in on the Tigers' defense. Uh, they're fifth in defensive run saves in, in baseball. They play the heck out of the defense now, and then and that's you know that's not for nothing. That 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 means something if they could, you know. <laughs> I mean that's that's a pitching and defense wins, but you got to hit a little bit more than they're hitting. Well, that's um, yeah. but no, Javi's been good. I, I've not had any issues with Javi at all in in, in terms of his at bats. He's going to chase. We say this every time. He's going to chase. Deal with it. It's part of his DNA. But he's also going to produce, and he has produced. Right. Well, I mean, I in the last podcast, you know, and not to harp on Javi too much, but um, you know, he's taking a lot of crap from fans. You know, he didn't have a good year last year. I get it. You know, it was a bad look before he got pulled out of that game. But the one thing I said last week uh, was I really respected that when Javi Baez got pulled out of that game, that he was sitting there in the clubhouse waiting to talk to you guys um, about getting pulled out of that game. And uh, not everybody would do that. You know, he could have easily been gone and on the team playing, waiting for the rest of the team to get there. And so I, I, I think that that's a good sign that he's, you know, he's engaged, he's, you know, and uh, I was there back at Comerica in the clubhouse the next day uh, or two days later, whatever it was. And, um, you know, he's got a good relationship with the players on this team. So, um, you know, it's good to see him bounce back. And, uh, but yeah, I agree with you. I think the home runs, you know, when you, when you look up there and you're Javi Baez and you see a zero next to your name and it's May 1st that, you know, you, you know, it's not fun. So this is one of the things that, 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 that bothers me about, um, the way fans look at a team, not all fans, obviously. I'm, I'm probably more talking about Twitter fans because that's where I see this stuff. But just because a guy has a mental mistake, just because a guy forgets the outs and, and, and acts like it, there's no other attending trait to that. He made a mistake. It was a boneheaded move. He makes errors. Those are human mistakes. But it doesn't mean he doesn't want to be here. It doesn't mean he's a bad guy. It doesn't mean that players don't like him. It doesn't mean he's overpaid and just collecting the money. None of that stuff has anything to do with that issue in Toronto. He had a brain fart, okay? <laughs> I mean, people want to attach all this other negative stuff to something like that, and I don't, I don't know, I don't know what where in our civilization we've gotten to the point where that is the case. People make mistakes. That right. doesn't mean you you are a, a an assassin or a bad person or, you know, whatever just made a mistake and he moved on from it. He's got, he, he got, he got better from it. 
Right. Well, it was a mistake, but I think the you know I think it was compounded by the fact that you know he had to scamper into second base for the double because he didn't break out of the box. I think that combined, I think it was a bad, a worse look. Yeah, from my it perspective, could be a bad look. It's a bad play. It was a terrible baseball play. He deserved to be pulled out of the game and right, and right, absolutely. And character assassination doesn't have to come with that. No, I don't think I don't think it does at all. I don't think it does at all. I think when you combine the the not hustling out of the box and then the and then the forgetting the outs, it was. You know, and, you know, look, when he's your, you know, your superstar player and, you know, fans get frustrated, I get it. But, uh, you know, look, he's bounced back. And I think that that's impressive. And um, yep. I think that's good to see. So um, before we talk about this upcoming series, just uh, pitching wise, I know you wrote about Spencer Turnbull uh, at DetroitNews.com uh, the other day. Um, he's frustrated, right? Um, and he, he thinks he should be pitching better. You know, he, he's still coming back from Tommy John. I guess where um, where does he stand? What's he looking – what's his mindset, I guess, right now? And uh, where's yeah. his rotation? Because like you said, the bullpen – bullpen's been phenomenal. This is two years in a row now where the bullpen's overachieved and uh, and looks really good. Um, but then you look at the rotation and, um, you know, maybe the, bull, the bullpen's certainly getting their opportunities to be good. <laughs> yeah, it's a good bad, right? It's a, it's a right. win or lose when, you, when your bullpen's being pitched so much. But – Again, um, the plan all along was to ease these these starters in coming off of last year's broken and in those seasons, especially for for Spencer. Spencer's frustrated because he knows he's a great pitcher, and his body's not letting him be a great pitcher right now. And that's a total natural process that 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 comes after the surgery. Not everybody can be Verlander and come back and win a Cy Young after Tommy John. That's that's freaky. That's why he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Right. Um, but. It's it's frustrating for him because he sees the flashes of his old self within these starts. You know, he had 96 in the first inning. Ball was coming up great in the first inning. His slider was snapping in the first inning, and then 32 pitch second inning, and and it's and he, he's he's up against the wall fatigue wise. He can't. He's not locating his changeup after that, and then it's a total grind from that point on. And he still minimized the damage. He gave up two unearned runs or two earned runs and three earned runs. So. He's battling, he's grinding, but he's not himself. And and he's telling he's like, it shouldn't be this hard for me. I'm too good of a pitcher. My stuff is too good. What's happening? And it's it's the whole function of not pitching for 20 months. And then he didn't have any minor league games to kick off the rust. He didn't he get his first competitive action after Tommy John was in spring training. Mm. So he's still in that process and he's going to be in that process for a minute. But as long as you're seeing these 96s and and the game against Toronto when he was really good for five innings. He's been good for five innings because Cleveland shut him out and then gave up the three-run home run to right. Jose Ramirez. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing what he he's going to be. We just got to ride out the storm until he gets there. And and Boyd's the same way. You'll see pockets of really good Boyd stuff, and then Boyd will give up the home run, you know, and like we saw the other in his last start. So th- these are part of the deal. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez, oh, by the way, it's been phenomenal. Pretty good. He's I don't know if you locked good. in on him. He's, he's been really, good. really good. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's and that's a double-edged right sword. There. Yeah. There's your guy. Double-edged sword, though. You're gonna trade him. Well, that's you're the thing. Him at the deadline, or are you gonna let let this guy be the ace going forward? Yeah. With three more years left on that deal. Uh, if he continues to pitch like this. I bet you. My opinion. I bet you he gets traded because I think. Yeah, because he'll is, out. Is and his value because of that will be yeah i just it is a double-edged sword it's the same thing we talked about with Javi Baez. it's like if he's good one way if he's bad then another way and then you know there's all these wires crossed based on these opt-outs you know you don't know what to root for if you're a fan it's weird yeah 
Well, it's strange, but he's with, been with great. Eduardo, he's been great, and he's so good when he he's so good when he's aggressive. You know, when he when he's just attacking, as opposed to when he gets in trouble when he starts nibbling. Uh, when he's aggressive, he's got the stuff, man. He's good. Yeah, no, he he's, he he wants to be in attack mode all the time. Right. Sometimes he doesn't have his command, and that's right. when it, that's when it looks like he's he's on the on the edges, and he's working in bad counts. Mm. When you're working in bad counts, it's hard to just throw a cutter down the middle or a fastball down the middle. Oh, you get and killed. He, but we haven't seen that up from him. Right. right. You know, and I just you know I worry about okay, you, he he's he's looking like an ace going into the trade deadline. He's got an opt out. So what's his value? Is right. his value what the Tigers got back for? For Scherzer back in the day, or for for you know, it's going to be one of those trades where you're just getting you can't. I don't I don't know that you want to do that. But then again, you could lose them. You could you just straight lose them. So I, that's a tough call right there. I yeah. don't know that the Tigers got full leverage in that deal at the trade deadline. <laughs> yeah, it's it, that's the thing. That's the thing that makes it tricky. Uh, but uh, you know, I mean, it is May first. I guess we'll worry about that in a couple months. But uh, you know, but he, um, the attack mode and losing the command. It's similar with Joey Wentz. I mean, if Joey, yes. Wentz, you know, when Joey Wentz is, has his command, I think he's as good as anybody in that rotation. And uh, but then when he doesn't, you know, he's. I mean, it's just a, such a fine line um, with him. Um, man, I don't know. Yeah, I like Joey a lot. I like Joey a lot. But but again, this is this is a young pitcher who who can look great and terrible in in back to back innings. Right. So that's the, that's the other part of the thing you you live with with this. But you're 100 percent correct when he's landed his pitches, working in leverage. Then he can then he can you know expand the strike zone and then he's really tough and he comes at you with that that big long reach and coming downhill at you and a lot of lot of weapons so encouraged by him um, the one thing one pitcher we haven't talked about much on these podcasts and we got some good news on this week was Tarek Skubal Tarek threw his first bullpen the other day he's chomping at the bit he looks good he looks massive mm. he's been he's been working out in the weight room way too much he's he looks like a beast um, he. They had to kind of back him off. He was throwing too hard at his 15 pitches. Um, he wants to get back, and it's they haven't set a timetable. It's just starting his throwing progression off the mound now. So that's a that's a whole spring training thing. So it's a couple months yet um, before we can really start looking at that. But but he's going to be back this year, barring knock on wood, barring any um you know any setbacks. Yeah. And I say that as I rem- I'm reminded of that Matt Boyd went through the same surgery and was chomping at the bit just like. Tarek at this time had setbacks when he started his rehab, right. you know, minor league rehab, and then had to pull back. So these things are never fluid and they're never straightforward. But man, it was encouraged to see him throw. It's encouraged to see his demeanor. He's he's, he's pumped, man. He, I can't wait for him to come back. Well, he was excited to be at the Michigan Panthers game yesterday. So <laughs> <laughs> he was there with Riley and, uh, Riley and Spencer and uh, who else was there? Uh, Jake Rogers, I think, were there. But of course, uh, along with other guys, along with Calvin Johnson and, and Ben Wallace. The, that's the thing, you know. You've covered every team. I'm, I'm waiting for you to go cover the Michigan Panthers now. You can have another team to cover. So um, I don't know if you've met me in football. We we we've divorced. We don't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know. They're they're trying to get me to cover these uh, these all these Panthers games, and I'm 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 steadily resisting. But I I enjoyed it yesterday. That was kind of cool. They had like I bet you they had close to ten thousand people. So it was neat. Really? Yeah. Ten thousand people there? Yeah, I'd say the oh. lower the lower bowls on the from the ten to the ten from the end zone to end zone were probably eh, 
75% full and then the end zones were light and then the upper deck was empty. So yeah, we, oh, were, trying to guess on the, we were trying to guess on the attendance cause they don't release it obviously. And um, we were trying to guess and originally we, we all kind of came to 7,500 and then we kind of kept bumping up, but it got pretty good. And then, cause then I went and walked in the concourse and it was packed in the concourse. There was lines for beer. And so, yeah, not bad. Well, maybe when the, maybe when the 300 people from the tiger game got done, they walked over. Yeah. Right. Uh, I, were, I did see some tiger jerseys in the crowd. Uh, so I did see that a lot of people did the old double header. So we'll see how that, how that, <laughs> works, that, how that works out. But uh, anyway. Um, okay. So uh, yeah, well, we don't need to discuss all the highs and lows anymore. I mean, look, it's going to be this kind of season. It's going to be, you know, they're going to have stretches. And they're going to have decent stretches and they're going to have bad stretches. The one thing is, is that they're, they're in a lot of games and they're in, yeah, just about every one. They're yep. in a lot of games. They're not getting their doors blown uh, other than a few times early in the season. They're not getting really their doors blown off. They, they, they've battled late. I've looked at scores and they're down four runs, four or five runs and they end up coming back and losing by a couple what they're battling. So there's at least some pieces to watch here. And I think we talked about that before the season that, if you're going to be bad, at least be interesting or have interesting players that you can kind of watch. And I think they have they have a, their handful and their fair share of those guys. Um, there's some current concerns, though. Spencer Torkelson and I stood up for him before the season and I continue to look. It's a process, but it's 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 definitely discouraging um, to see this. Uh, a lot of the same stuff going on that you saw yep. last year. So we'll see a lot more podcasts to break down Spencer Torkelson and Riley Green and we'll see what happens. But. Big week coming up at Comerica Park. The New York Mets come to town Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And it just so happens that Wednesday will be Max Scherzer pitching and Thursday will be the season debut for Justin Verlander. Uh, I know you wrote a story about this at DetroitNews.com. You can check that out. Uh, but, uh, you know, it just sucks it's going to be bad weather because, I mean, the crowds, it would probably be some pretty good crowds there to see uh, to see Max and to see Justin uh, and to kind of, you know, I think a lot of fans are going to pay their respects to two guys who really, really turned this franchise around. Yeah, they should. And I, and I think Tuesday is going to be the worst of the three days. So, That's so maybe they'll, they'll get them, they'll get them in and, and, you know, shoot, come down, jacket on and watch these guys. I mean, this is, they're not going to be coming around too much longer, right? Verlander's 40 and Scherzer's 38. Um, they haven't been here that often either. You know, Verlander's two and oh, back at Comerica, I believe. And Scherzer's, one and all back here. So, you know, it'll be fun to see him and, and um be interested to see what Verlander looks like coming off the 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 lat injury that he that he's had all all spring training and see what he looks like. Again, he's gonna be <laughs> it's kind of perfect for him. Like he would have him have all kinds of adrenaline running through him anyway, but to do it here at America, that'll be really special. I think you know Scherzer's been away long enough now where a lot of that is kind of dissipated, I feel like for him. I, but but Verlander still got some tiger in his heart, and I, and I think I think that's going to be a special time for him to to face these guys. Maybe right. Jake will take him deep too, and we can all get off that. Oh, we got nothing for Verlander. Yeah. <laughs> get off that train. You got one hell of a mustache in exchange for Verlander. That's we had. It's a great mustache. You kidding me? It it is. Uh, I mean, it depends on your feeling on mustaches. I guess I'm, I'm opposed. I'm probably. You know what I had? I have her my whole life. I was a kid of the you know the eighties and nineties, man. <laughs> oh, my dad had one growing up. He was a state trooper, and so he always had the state trooper mustache. I remember the day he shaved it. I came home from school, and I was just like, I I didn't know who he was. I thought he was a stranger in the house. <laughs> uh, but um, I'm a, a surprised, and I'm not that the Mets are going to pitch Verlander 
in his first start at Comerica Park because I know that Verlander begged for that. I'm, I'm sure he did. I mean, he he knew he was coming back. I'm sure he wants to pitch in Detroit. Um, but like you, like we talk about with guys, you know, pumped up your first start back, you know, he's going to be pumped up to pitch in Detroit. I'm just surprised that, you know, coming off injury that. You know, well, I'm not sure that I'm not sure. That, I mean, he may have begged for it. I know he wants it. Yeah. But the, the, I mean, weather, I mean, the, yeah. the weather, the weather, the two rainouts in New York is what kind of threw all this back. You know, at, at one point they were going to get Kota Senga pitching in this series too, so they could have got all three of them. Um, you know, Max was pushed back from Monday to Tuesday. Well, pushed back from two days ago to Tuesday, now to Wednesday, and so that pushed Verlander back those days too. So maybe Verlander would have caught Detroit either way, but um, definitely the rainout is why Max. That's why we're seeing Max. Right. Yeah, Verlander. I remember when. It was about a week ago. They were talking about, you know, he's going to come back, and they immediately said Detroit, Detroit. I'm so I'm sure he wants to pitch here. And like you said, sure, absolutely, he's a tiger. I mean, he's going when he goes in the Hall of Fame. Even though he won two World Series with the Astros, he's he's going to, uh, you know, he's going in as a tiger, um, almost certainly. So, um, and Max, you know, Max is known for his time with the Nationals too, and so, um, you know, I agree. It's it's different. It'll be fun. I hope they get some good crowds down there. Uh, but again, this weather, man, it just sucks. <laughs> it just sucks. Yeah, April in the D. I know, Sorry, but it, I, it was, I played golf three times in a week, like two and a half weeks ago. It was 80 degrees, and then I haven't played since. It's just insane. Uh, well, but I, sat, I sat at the ballpark for five hours waiting for the rain to stop one day, and it never did. Well, you were. I didn't see you tweet out about that, Tony P. You deserve you deserved every minute of the five hour rain, delay. right? Because because I do 140 games and you do six, no, so I, I should get the rain out. I think I did 12 last year, and I'm pretty sure all of them <laughs> had rain. I exaggerate to make my point. Had rain or extra innings or both or or Tony, and, Tony, it's baseball, man. It's, just, it's what it is. You can't predict it, but it's funny because the first game I filled in for you this year, you know, they play. I think it was after the Toronto series. And they played what, like two hours, ten minutes, two fifteen. The pitch clock was humming, blah blah blah. And then we get my first game. It's like three hours and forty minutes, <laughs> extra innings. It's like never seen extra inning thriller with a Nick Mayton well, three it run walk off. Don't get me wrong, I was I was fine <laughs> with it, but yeah, it's just uh, I'll, no, I'll take the longer game over because I've never had a problem with you know because I don't cover one hundred and forty and five of these a year. I never had a problem with long baseball games. I love baseball. You know, I didn't ha- never had a problem with it, but again, you know, this pitch clock has changed my opinion on things. I am enjoying the pitch clock, to be sure. <laughs> well, uh, we, get, we get spoiled because we get spoiled because pitch clock is great, but like there were nine or ten pitching changes in the, in that Baltimore game the other yesterday, and that pushing three hours doing that because yeah. you, you can't you can't control that as well as much. Right. So it's still going to get pushing toward three hours, especially when the games start to mean something later in the year. But it's funny because, you know, you talk about 10 pitching changes or whatever, and you're pushing three hours. I mean, shoot, under the old rules, you're pushing <laughs> 340. I mean, fair point. I'm uh, just saying we're getting spoiled by the two right, hours. Of but yeah, it is. It is true. Is the pitch clock going to be there in the postseason? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. As of right now, they have they have a, they have the right to change that. Mm-hmm. But they they have make they're planning no modifications to okay. what, the, what the rules are right now. Interesting. Interesting. Kids can be able to watch a whole game then. Uh, <laughs> very good. All right. Uh, um, so then after the Mets series, they go on to St. Louis for three. Then they go on to Cleveland for three. Um, definitely want to see. Uh, yeah, I want to see some more from the offense. Uh, pitching. I mean, I'm not as I'm not concerned about the pitching a whole lot. But offense. I'd like to see more. Agreed. Agreed. And I love the I love the battle level. I, I I like the character. The room is 
it's a good room right now. I mean, it's a really good room. Zach Short being back helps. He's he's a, he's a good presence in there. He's a, he's a, he'll do anything. He'll run through walls. He's and the guys love him. Um, so he he's a good presence to have in there. Uh, Jake being back helps a ton that way. And it's it's everything's kind of you know what I'm gonna let's leave one one last point and we because yesterday were they were pinch hitting and there was a lot of matchups and that's been fun to watch AJ doing the little chess master games. Well, he's had we some success about, great lately. On he, those a lot of success, yes. And he had a situation yesterday twice where he, where he where he could have pitched it right-handed hitters, and I knew he was saving Haas, and he was saving he actually was saving Shorty too for that. We never once talked about bringing Miguel or Jonathan Scope off the bench to bat in those situations, mm. and that's that tells you what you want to know about where, where the transition's at right now. Yeah. I mean, to not even like that they weren't even a thought, right? And that's crazy. That's their two most veteran hitters, right? So. In, in a close game, when you have when you have a matchup where you're looking for right-handed bat, you send up uh, Zach Short instead of Scope or Miggy. Mm-hmm. It's a little crazy. That's where we're at right now, though. Yeah, and you know, with Miguel, it it, it makes me a little sad that that's the case. And me too. It really does. Um, I didn't. This was my biggest fear about this season. I mean, is just that it could turn into and turn into this. And look, the weather's going to get warmer, and he's going to get some at bats, and so who knows what's going to happen? I mean, things could change, but. It makes me sad. I mean, watching him at his peak from when he got here for those seven to eight, nine years, man, it was something. It was something. Sad. But Father, anyway. Other time is undefeated. Yeah, then no, that's that's the damn that's the damn truth, man. I, I feel it every day. And I'm not that old, but I feel it. So all right, Tigers and Mets coming up. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Max Scherzer's on Wednesday. Justin Verlander's on Thursday. Uh, yeah, Wednesday, Thursday. And then the Tigers go to St. Louis. They go to Cleveland. Uh, and then they come back home. They're 10-17. and 17. We'll, uh, we'll continue to break this thing down as the season goes along. You can follow Chris on Twitter at uh, what is it, C. McCoskey. Uh, right. uh, you can also check out all his work at DetroitNews.com. He's got some stories up now, especially one on Verlander and Scherzer coming back. And some fun memories of Eric Haas, who grew up watching those guys. Uh, in his uh, in his bedroom watching the Tigers during their heyday when Verlander and Scherzer were, were really dominating. So check that out. Check out all his work on DetroitNews.com, and uh, we'll be back to do this when we feel like it. Soon enough, I guess, right? <laughs> Chris, enjoy the Mets series. Thank you, Tony. All right, be well.